Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hi there, this is Rochelle from Talking Mom to Mom, and thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of involving your children in your hobbies or developing traditions. And I believe this is episode 19. Sometimes I lose count, even though we've had um, only about 19 episodes, but I'm still losing count. (laughs) Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about the importance of developing hobbies and traditions with your children because as we get busy, what happens is time goes by so fast. You know, the days are long, but the years are short. If you've noticed that, it seems like we have difficult days and they seem to drag on and on. And then we blink and it's been five years and ten years and it's crazy. I have um, two daughters that are ten years apart in age and I see every day is a reminder of how quickly time passes and how, how quickly they go from being a small child to an adult. So it it's helped me appreciate a few things, rethink a few things, and one of those things was the idea of having your children involved with you and doing things that you enjoy so you can develop um, a relationship that continues on through adulthood. It's something that you do, something that... They think of and they think, oh, yeah, we do this with mom or we do this, this is what we do as a family. And those are important. There's there's those things that keep you connected even as the years go on. Sometimes it's hard to develop those hobbies when they're really little because they can't really participate in some of the things. Like if you're, depending on what your hobby is, your child may not necessarily be able to participate at a really young age, but at an age where they're able to, I would say to start maybe, you know, about four or five years old, kind of just get them a little interested depending on what it is. So there's a little difference between hobbies and traditions. Traditions, I see those more like what we do as a family, like during holidays or birthdays or a certain time of year. Uh, For instance, in my family, every Christmas we take advantage. We have uh, Christmas lights at the zoo, and we also have, there's this, park that we go to and there's this beautiful home that's there inside the park it's like a mansion and they decorate it for Christmas of people in the community uh, different organizations and they choose a room and they decorate it those are two things we do every year without fail and um, then every September we go apple picking and we do that without fail and then in October we go um, to the pumpkin patch, and we do that. Now, it's not always with everybody in my family because the pumpkin patch was actually something that we started doing, my two younger girls, and then with a friend and her young, her two girls. So little things like that that we try to do and remain consistent on. And they're small, the small little activities, and 
three of the activities I mentioned don't cost a thing, so they're easy to implement year after year after year. Because when you, it's great to have traditions that you do that to have a, a, you know, a costume, like if you traditionally go to on a vacation or you traditionally go to somewhere in particular. But I have found that sprinkling in some of those traditions that are free are a lot easier to maintain. <laughs> so, because um, we do have a tradition where every year before school we take a weekend vacation somewhere where my girls swim or they we do something fun, and then I plan school at the same time. So they're not bored inside the house where I'm planning my entire school year or, or at least part of the year. Um, they get to I get to do that poolside, and they get to have fun and they enjoy that. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, which we've been successful doing it, but, you know, you never know. I've been up and down in my finances plenty of times. So I know the importance of choosing things that you do that do not cost you anything because you don't want to end it once you start it. I mean, if you have to, that's one thing. But you want to sprinkle in those that you can continually do no matter what. And even as they grow older, you know, apple picking is something that, if they've done it long enough, even as they get older, they're still willing to do it because they just remember doing it as a kid. And you might get, as they get a little in that junior high age where they may not want to do it as much or they want to bring friends, and that's normal. You kind of lose your audience a little bit during that phase of life and maybe even sometimes in the high school age, but sometimes they, they humor you when they're in high school. But as they get older and they become adults, young adults, like they go off to college, you'll be surprised um, that they'll remember those things and they'll want to do them again. It, it, it surprised me, to be quite honest. Um, my youngest is nine, uh, going to be nine, and then my oldest is 19. And in the years before she had moved out, my oldest, to go to college, I was like, oh, my goodness, she's never going to want to come back or she's never going to want to do the things that we used to do and she's never going to want to do this or do that because it seems she seems so disinterested because she had her, her own life, you know. She had a lot of things going on and did some wonderful things, great things in her high school career, a lot of leadership roles and a lot of um, robotics and things like that, things that she went on, all these little things that she did. I mean, she did quite a bit. National Honor Society, all this great stuff that she did, and had her own her own life, her job, and before she went off. So, but people told me, nope, you know what? You'll see once she's gone that she's going to come back, and she will actually, you know, miss being home or still have some kind of affinity for it, even though she shared a cramped room with two younger sisters. I thought, no, that's never, never going to happen. But I have to say, this summer when she came back, it's, it's been quite a joy to have her. She's been happy and helping around the house, and we've gone to the zoo, and she's playing outside with her sisters and doing crazy things, and we've, we've, we've had a good summer. And some of the things that we'd normally do during the summer that I would have thought she'd grown out of, she's more than happy to do. So developing these things when they're young, even if you're going to go through that awkward phase where they want to bring their friends, and you're thinking, but this was our tradition, or this was something that we did, or or they don't want it, they don't feel as interested anymore, and you kind of have to drag them along. I would encourage you to still drag them along, because you don't want to stop that tradition. You don't you don't want to stop doing it. 
you want to just bring them along anyway. And if they want to bring a friend, you know what? Bring a friend. It, it might be fun. It, it, it's going to be a little weird. Whenever they transition, when they get to that point where they're transitioning away, it does feel a little weird. But you know what? Every now and then, you know, bring a friend because you can share that with them and they'll be happier and it's a, it's a nice way to get to know their friends, which is always very important. And um, so a, as time goes on, they'll be more likely to remember things fondly because they've done them every year. Now, a hobby is a little different because it's something that you do, like you personally do, and then you want to share. So it's not just like going to a particular place. It's more like photography, running, karate, um, working out, those things that we do that uh, scrapbooking, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes you do those things on your own, but then, of course, there are times that you want to involve your child in that because it's, you know, it's fun. It's a fun way to connect, and it's you and your child, not necessarily a family thing. It can be. You, the whole family can be runners or play volleyball. You know, that's great. But sometimes it's nice to have it where you and one of your child one of your children, or maybe one or two of them, you do something in particular, like you both have an interest in something, so you do it together, you know, or find an interest. My daughter loves art, and she loves to draw. I can't draw at all, but I have an appreciation for art. But what I do is I'm a graphic designer. It's kind of funny because I don't draw, but I am a graphic designer, and um, I love photography. Well, she loves to draw and she loves photography and she is very interested in what I do for a living. So I've decided that we would do these photography and we'd incorporate it into school by instead of always drawing with our nature study, that we are going to start going on some photography um, nature studies because that's something that we can do together and then it's something that we're going to learn together and develop like this our little, you know, a little bond of photography together, something that we do. And so that's really going to just involve her, maybe my younger one, but she's not quite as interested. So, and that's, so a tradition I always think of more of family-oriented or multiple people, and it's something you do every year based around a time of, you know, a time of year or an event or a holiday. And a hobby, of course, is what you do all year. So, my husband is into karate. He loves it. And one of my daughters, she's involved in the same thing. And it's something that when she does, she started wanting to do it because he did it. And now it's something they do together. And, of course, you know, you might have another child involved, but we don't have another one that seems to be as quite as interested and as ambitious as her. So it's a nice to see them have that, what they do, you know, that little thing they do together. So think of something that you do that you could involve your child in. You don't have to involve them in every single one of your your hobbies. Of course, you can have a personal hobby that you have to relax and decompress, and you know, and that's perfectly fine. I have that as well. There are things that I like to do, kind of on my own or with a friend, or you know, we, we all need that. But I think one of the goals that we have as we see our children get older is we don't realize there's going to when they're young. If you have young children. I don't think you realize that there's going to come a point where you're going to interact with them a little bit more on a friendship level or you're going to develop, start developing a friendship because you're not friends with your kids when they're young. I mean, your your mom, your dad, your 
there to do all those wonderful things and have fun with them and train them up and discipline them, but you're certainly not their friend because you can't be. You're the parent, right? You know, and, but as time goes on, you want to develop a friendship with your child. So when they reach their adult years, and this is as they get older, you know, toward the end of high school, of course, you're still disciplinarian. That does not end. But developing common ground, developing something where you're, you're basing or you're developing your relationship where there will be a friendship there when your child is an adult. And I think that's very important because it, it causes those interactions. Like I enjoyed spending time with my mother. I mean, I truly enjoyed it. I liked going on vacation with her. It wasn't an obligation. It wasn't, okay, this is just what we do, or, okay, we got to go visit her. Um, okay, we're bored to death together. We're just staring at each other. We don't even know who we are anymore. I'm just used to seeing her this way, <laughs> you know. No, I really did enjoy their things we did, and I enjoyed spending time with her. I had so much fun. She was one of the people that if you said, look, we're going to go on a weekend away with somebody, she would have been my top pick. Um, so somebody to go away with because she was so much fun and we always had so much fun together when we traveled and that would seem to be something we did together is we traveled and it was always a blast. Some of my best memories um, of my mother in particular but of just my life in general have been when my mother and I used to travel when she was still living. So I kind of wanted to de develop that same thing with my kids, the idea that they would not just spend time with you because, oh, yeah, we're, this is what you do. You spend time with parents. It's more of a friendship where they want to. They look forward to it. They're, like, excited to call you because of something you have in common or this common ground that you have with them because it's important to keep that bond, to keep that going. So you develop that through traditions and you develop it through involving them in a hobby that you two can do together. So if you have an interest, develop it while they're young and then keep it going. And, you know, sometimes the interests change, and that's okay. You don't have to force them to continually be involved. But they'll still remember that you're someone that they've had a connection with, you know, like fun with. <laughs> and it's nice for them to remember that they had fun with mom, and she's not always disciplining them or homeschooling them or giving them assignments. And not everything's a homeschool assignment. That was one thing that my kids sometimes complained about. Everything turned into a lesson or a school assignment can't help it as homeschool moms. We see everything that way. And it's not a bad thing. It is not. My older kids actually look back on those, even making lessons out of things fondly. So you'll get there if you have younger kids where they, they do complain about that, but they'll get to the point where they appreciate that. It just, unfortunately, our rewards come a little later. <laughs> but, you know, just the idea that you're developing something. So if you develop, you know, say photography, that's something I'm going to do with my child. But if she decides it's not really what she wants to do anymore, she doesn't really like it anymore, that's fine. Um, maybe we'll just do something else together. You know, say, oh, well, okay, well, what should we do next? And it develops that kind of relationship where it would be a little awkward for me to say to someone that I haven't spent a lot of time with or they've only seen me in one capacity, I say, oh, what should we do next? Or should we go do this? Should we go do that? You want to have this natural flow. And it sounds so simple. But if you think about how quickly our days go and what we deal with day to day, just, just our day to day operations, everything that we have to do from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed to everything on our to do list, often those relationships get neglected. 
often they only see us as, you know, mom, homeschooler, you know, they they don't necessarily see us in the role of spending time with them in like as an activity instead of always being the authority, something that maybe you're learning together, doing together as time goes on, something that you both enjoy, you know. So whatever that is, whatever hobby you have or whatever interest your child has, that maybe you can decide to do something with them. Um, I, I suggest that you develop that and try to make that a priority because things move along quickly. And when they move along so fast, you'll realize, wow, all that time, and I spent all this time with my kids, and of course, it's, all of it's meaningful. But you don't want to get to the point where you spent all that time with them, but you really didn't develop as they became adults. You didn't develop that friendship or those interests together or those solid traditions that they think of when they think of home or they think of mom or they think of wanting to spend time with you. You know, our home, our role as homeschool moms is the homeschool part. <laughs> Mom never ends, but homeschool part, it will end. At some point, it will end. And we want to, of course, we're parenting beyond that. It's only part of what we do. It's not the whole of what we do. It seems like it's the whole of what we do on some days because it takes up so much time and it takes up, you know, it's, it's a huge part of our lives and, well, it should be. But it is something that ends. And it is something that is just a part, even even though it's significant and it's a large part, it is simply a part. When they're 25 years old, you're not going to be sitting down with them and doing a curriculum. However, when they're 25 years old, you could be going on nature walks with them, or you could be going hiking, or you could be camping, or running, or volleyball, or golfing, you know, or still visiting the same place you always went to. You know, those are the things that you're going to do once they reach adulthood. So let's try to think of as we parent and as we're parenting through these days that seem somewhat myopic because we're only looking to get through the day, let's sometimes think about those things that are going to get us through the years because we're raising future adults. We're not just raising children to get through the next stage. But it feels like it's some years. It feels like we're just trying to get to the next year. We're just trying to get to the next year. But... I promise you those next years come, they end, and you want to be left with a relationship where you're friends with your child as they become adults, adult children. You don't want to be friends when they're young. Don't get, don't get me wrong there. I want to emphasize that yet again. You're not a friend when they're young. You are your mom, your disciplinarian. You can be fun. You can have all these wonderful things that you do together, but... I'm more talking about the idea of when your child goes off to college and as they get older that you have this relationship that's strong and there's a friendship element there. And that way that you'll always have that that fun bond with your kid because it goes fast. It really goes so fast. And you want to enjoy your time together. And you want them to look back and see you as more than just, oh, she taught me how to spell, which is very important. I love that my kids can look back and say, she's the one that taught me where China was on the map. She's the one that taught me how to add and how to spell. Of course, that's phenomenal. But I think you get the difference. We wanted to involve our kids. Start a new hobby with your child. Start a new tradition. It's never too late. It is more difficult during those junior high years. I promise you that if you're thinking, well, I'll just wait because that's kind of something that 
is, oh, when she's 12, maybe we'll start doing this. Don't start. If you have to start then, great. Start it. Do it. But you don't want to have to start then if you're in a position where your child's five years old. Don't wait till they're 12 just because you've decided to take up photography or you've decided to take up something that maybe an older child might get a little bit more of a benefit out of because they become a little more resistant. It's just natural. It's that natural junior high age. Everybody knows that if you have a junior high student, it comes in varying degrees, but everybody knows they're just a little more resistant because it's the age where they start to pull away more and friends become a little more important. And it's natural and it's normal. It's certainly nothing to be – it's kind of sad for us, but it's it's good. It's all good stuff, you know. It's good stuff as they grow. We want to see them become successful in their their private lives and their, you know, friendships. Not that they should have private lives at junior high age, goodness sake, but they can think they do. They think they do. <laughs> but I do encourage you to start it while they're younger. And it can transition. Start on nature walks. Start having a tea time every day or once a week even. It doesn't have to be every day. You know, start doing that kind of thing when they're young and then develop into more as you see more of their interests develop. And you'll see that you're going to find that you'll have more interest with them as they grow and it'll be a continual process. So it won't be awkward when you ask your 13, 12, 13, that's those ages, 11 to 13, maybe even 14, maybe a little bit. It won't be quite as awkward to say, hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go do that. It may still be resistant, but if you know anything about young teenagers, they're resistant, but yet there's part of them that they know they still need you and they know they st- they still want to be around you even when they don't act like it. <laughs> they really do. And they do even in high school, even if they're not acting like they do. They do. If you have a child that's resistant and fiercely independent, they still do want to spend that time with you. They still do want to see you as someone that they can, you know, go play softball with or, you know, go to the park with to go hiking or something. They they still do. They may not quite say it, but it's a lot easier when you develop it young because it becomes force of habit <laughs> when they get to those resistant ages. And those resistant ages can be hard because if you get a distance at those particular times where that's the point of development where you distance yourself because maybe they are really resistant, but you don't want to force the issue. I don't want to force someone to spend time with me. Well, it's not necessarily forcing them to spend time with you. If you've done it long enough, they'll, they'll come around or you'll just expect it and you'll just go over them casually. Don't, it's not an argument. It's not, you're not dragging them. You're like, hey, we've always done this. Come on. It wouldn't be the same without you. Come on, I need you for this. You know, you know, you want to, you know, make it fun, make it light. So it's because you don't want to get, you don't want to fight over it, of course. And you don't want to get too distant because that will become a habit. And the memories of them doing something with you when you're eight, when they're eight, nine, ten years old or younger are not going to be what creates that friendship bond when they're. 19 and 20 years old because they'll just remember what they did as a child. They're not going to, you know, if you become distant because, well, they have their own life and I have their own life and now they're older and I can do my own thing or because, and that happens so easily. Of course, we don't intend for that to happen. We don't intend to not spend time with them. We don't intend to break tradition. We don't intend to not involve them. These things happen very slowly 
and and then by the time you realize it happened, you're like, wow, it's been a long time since we've done something. It, it's been a while. You know, oh, I let him go, and I didn't let him do this. I, I let him get out of this, and I let him get out of that. And, well, it's just so much easier if I just let him stay home because there's such a drag. They bring everybody down. Always, you know what? One of the day, one of these days, you're gonna drag your kid along apple picking. They're gonna have that little look on their face where they're not happy and they could, they'd like to be anywhere else in the world. And one day you'll look back and both of you will laugh at that about how silly they were. About yes, I know you dragged me along, but if you don't drag them along, and, and you know, again, try to make it fun when you're dragging them, not just like an argument, not like a point of contention. But if you continue to in those traditions, if if you let them go, it's going to be a lot harder to get them back. So I encourage you that even if it's a hobby, they grow out of things, and that's fine. Find a new thing to do together. Always find something to do together. If they're seriously not interested in photography anymore, like my daughter was like, you know, I just I just don't like it. Okay, well then we don't do that anymore. What should we do next? Ask them. Well, what should we do next? Because I'd really like to. I like to spend time with you. I'd like to do these things with you. We had fun. Um, what what else can we have fun doing? And you you'll be surprised. They'll think of something. And if they don't, you think of something. And they will have fun with you. But don't let it go. Even as things change, even as attitudes change, don't let it go because it's so easy to let go, but it's so hard to get it back. So. That's what I encourage you to do right now is to, if you do not have a tradition that you do, if you do not have a hobby that you do or an activity that you do as a family and with individual children, then I encourage you to start one. Um, No matter the age, like I said, it may be more difficult as they get older, but do it anyway. They, They will appreciate that effort, and it will bear fruit, even if it will seem a little difficult at first. But they may surprise you because they really do want to spend time with you. So it may be surprising how much they seem resistant but really want to do it. So so I hope that was an encouragement to you, and I hope this summer you can develop some of those um, traditions and hobbies and have a great summer with your kids and have um, a great life, full, lifelong, lasting relationship with them. Thank you for joining us again and you can join us on our blog, TalkingMomToMom.com. You can join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkingMomToMom. And that's the two is the number two if you're typing it in a Google search. And we will see you next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.